We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast. I'm Neil McCready. Zach Barry with me here today as well. The Soft Verbal, as always, is brought to you by the College Corner. We'll tell you about them in a moment. If you're watching on YouTube, there's Zach right there. Zach, wave to the people. There's that Zach. There he is. Um, we're going to talk recruiting. Zach put up uh, his Barry Big Board on uh, rebelgrove.com today. We'll talk about that. Um, and then we're going to do a little exercise where me, the guy that's kind of the beat writer, who sort of tries to look at this team uh, with a critical eye as much as possible, maybe sometimes too critical. I'll let Zach fill me in there if I'm being too critical. But I'm going to ask him about areas where if I'm looking at Ole Miss from a recruiting standpoint, I have some concerns. And I'll let Zach tell me where they are or are not meeting those concerns or, or if those concerns are ill-founded. Like, Zach's going to get an opportunity to say, you're an idiot on a couple of occasions. Although I suspect that on most of this, he's going to say, yeah, I see that too. So we'll see. Uh, first, before we do that, I want to tell you that we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. The College Corner is next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Go to the College Corner. At collegecornerstore.com, plus you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or home gating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. I'm coming to you from the Cart Ford Studios. Cart Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number, ask for Corey Cart. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is uh, completely up to you. Again, 662-257-1900. Zach, how are you? Neil, I'm doing well. I, uh, I've always found it interesting when people ask you how the dentist is. Okay. You know, I guess it's just people being nice and making conversation, but if you look at it in a literal sense, when you go to the dentist and Somebody's like, hey, you know, how, how's the dentist? And it's like, well, outside of people shoving metal tools into my mouth for an hour, it was good. Um, yeah, I always found it kind of funny when people ask you how the dentist was. Because, I mean, you know, everything was good. No, no, no cavities, uh, didn't have anything, no issues. But, yeah, I mean, you know, halfway through it, and I kind of turn and need to, you know, stretch the jaw a little bit and you know the lady's like you okay i'm like really you're gonna ask me if i'm okay that you're yeah. just stabbing my gums with this this chisel for an hour but you know i've always found the, the, the dentist uh, experience to be funny because you walk in and typically uh the dental hygienists are very nice people they're they're typically mm -hmm. very good you know, conversationalist, they, uh, they look up your chart and, you know, Hey, I saw your daughter, the house, how's college, whatever. And that's nice. But then the process of the cleaning of the mouth begins and you're laying there uh, and there's stuff jammed in your mouth and she's just talking to you and you're like, we're not on a level playing field here. I'm, I'm unable to converse with you in the way that you're able to converse with me Mm -hmm. to the point where wouldn't it be just more efficient if we stopped with this conversation because it's we, we, we're not going to pick it up again for another six months. Wouldn't it be 
smarter to just go, hey, I'm going to go ahead and clean your teeth now, let you get on your way, and I'll move on to my next person's mouth to clean. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I always wonder, too, with, like, dental hygienists when they go home from from work. You've just looked into people's mouths all day. Yeah. And the mouth is kind of gross, if you think about it. And I would just think you would need, like, a timeout. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. wonder if they get home and if, if, if their daughter or son's like, hey, mom, look at this in my mouth. Like, I, I, I would just be I don't want to do this. I, I don't. Fix your, yeah. fix your own damn mouth. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like with chefs, you know, they get home from a, you know, 14 hour shift or whatever it is, you know, the last thing they want to do is cook. So <laughs> you do wonder, like they come home from all day. You wonder if little Tommy says, Hey dad, what's for dinner? <sighs> Man, I bet he wants to go. I'm tell you what's for dinner, Tommy, whatever the hell you can cook yeah. up, bud. But the, I, I the, bet pan- he, the pantry's over there. You wonder if he goes, I don't know. We're going to heat up a pizza. He could. You know, like he's been making hollandaise sauce and stuff all day long. And at home it's just I don't know. Here's a here's a frozen meatloaf from Schwann's. Did you have Schwann's when you were a kid? I don't think we ever had it. I do remember seeing the trucks drive around. I can remember that would be cool. Like Schwann's would come and drop all this stuff off at your house and all of a sudden you had these these dinners. That were so cool. that was so that was like Hello Fresh before it was cool. It was it was Hello okay. Fresh when it was frozen ice cold. Is what it was. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, and it was Hello. Yeah. I don't think it was quite as healthy as Hello Fresh. It was more. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot more uh, complex carbohydrates. I'm guessing a lot more refined flour yeah. and and, uh, and stuff. And yet somehow okay. we, somehow we all made it. But yeah, like yeah, hey. like Schwann's. I'm trying to think what all Schwann's had. I don't know, lasagnas and stuff, I guess. I, I beats me. I mean, and I get it now. I look back on it because we've done it, you know. I mean, feeding a family, yeah. feeding a family of five night after night after night after night after night is exhausting. <laughs> like the girls come home yeah. now and they're like, hey, what's for dinner? And they're on, we call it Kyo time because mm-hmm. they eat at the Kyo house at like 5 15. Yeah. And, and we typically, when it's me and Laura and Carson now, it's like eight. 8.30 before we eat. And on nights when Carson has soccer, which is three of the five nights of the week, it's 9.15, 9.30 when he eats dinner. And, yeah. And so the girls are like, hey, where's dinner? Like, dinner's four hours away. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what are you, 90? Yeah, I, now that I think about it, because I remember I worked at a sorority house when I was in college, and I remember we had to get there at like 4.15 yeah. to start getting dinner set up. And I, I, we never eat dinner that early anymore. Which sorority house did you work at? I was at uh, Kappa Kappa Gamma. Okay. I was a fine you house boy. Okay. Kappa was the only one that paid cash money, so that's right. Oh, I'm. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it did allow me yeah. to chop into, like, yeah, bills and stuff. But Yeah, because most of them will pay for your meal plan at your fraternity house. Or, yeah. I remember, basically get free food. So. I remember going into that thinking that it would have more uh, built-in advantages than it actually did. Turns out it, <laughs> it, it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't quite lead to some of the amenities that I, I thought that perhaps it might. Honestly, I did it for the money. Yeah. Because I was like, I this will be great. I can pay my rent. My parents don't have to pay it. Like, yeah. I'm helping them out. People helping people. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Last thing on the DDS here before we move on to recruiting. How in the world have they not gotten a better way of getting x-rays without jamming that T-shaped thing to where if you do not breathe heavily through your nose, you will gag? It's the worst part about going to the dentist. Yeah, they did that to me the last time, and you can't move at all, and it's it's a strange feeling. Yeah, it's. I remember when I was younger, I mean, I don't know how they got x-rays because you know, you're just constantly just gagging because it's right there by the by the back of your throat, and it's yeah. You have to focus on breathing through your nose, or you will spit it up or choke on it. But yeah, they got to figure that out. Ginger says she took a houseboy to a date party once or twice. Well, 
trying to remember. I don't. Maybe I did. I don't. I don't know. I can't remember whether I got whether that led to anything at all. I don't think it did. Now that I think about it. Yeah. But I'm. I dated. I dated someone from Kappa, but it wasn't via the houseboy employment. It it would it had already started. Oh okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, hey, I I didn't have to buy groceries for the last three years of my college life, so it was nice. That's good. All right, you put up the big board today. Um, some people have already complained that it's underwhelming. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying not to get too emotional with who I put on there. All right. <laughs> I'm going to do it this way. Okay. I'm going to take you through like what I when I look at their roster, when I look at their team today, to my old Mrs. team, what I see as weaknesses, what I see when I try to kind of project moving forward. And like what it meant, what it means, how they address that, how you think they're trying to address it. Let's kind of go from there, if that's okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll obviously start with quarterback because um, Devin Brown's coming in this weekend, is my understanding. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. He'll be there tomorrow because okay. he has a bye this week. Okay. So Devin Brown on his way. Um, I sort of anticipate a commitment from him quasi soon. I hate doing that because that's the the kiss of death when you do this out loud. Um, Mm -hmm. But I expect that. And I think to some degree that addresses the quarterback issue when Matt Corral leaves for the NFL after this season. I also anticipate, and I've been saying this all along, that they will also take a uh, transfer portal quarterback. I think they're going to add two bodies to that room at the end of this season. I think they Mm -hmm. should. I think they will. Do you agree? I think so. I think they should, and I, uh, yeah, I think they will. Okay. We talked about running backs. They're working on running backs. They've got a running back committed. Henry Parrish should be back. At this point, Snoop Connor, I anticipate, might even be back. Hell, at this point, Jerry and Ely might be back. I mean, his season mm-hmm. has not gone the way that, that he wanted it to go. Uh, they're high on Kentrell Bullock. They're bringing in another couple of guys. I don't look at running back and think, major area of need <clears throat> excuse me obviously you don't turn down a star if if a star wants to come and if somebody mm-hmm. in the grad in the transfer portal i gotta quit using the word grad transfer it doesn't have to be a grad transfer anymore if if a transfer portal guy wants to come who's an impact running back you obviously take him because duh but that's not something i worry about here's something that i do worry about to the point that i think it's a potential problem on uh saturday morning when Ole Miss plays arkansas at 11 o'clock at vaught hemingway I don't think the wide receiver room is anywhere near what it needs to be. I think it's a problem. I think it's fast to become a problem. Um, you look at it, and uh, Braylon Sanders is having to play damn near every snap. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's gassed by the end of a game, and Braylon's in great shape. It's not it's not about Braylon. It's about he's having to play too much. Now you've lost Jonathan Mingo. Ontario Drummond is basically having to play every snap. Some of the young receivers, Dennis Jackson, Jaden Jackson, guys that they were counting on, have just not emerged to the point that you can truly count on them. Um, I still think they're really high on Braylon Brown, who's working back from what I think was a pretty significant injury in camp that cost him all of camp. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll leave the jury out on Braylon Brown at this point. But I look at that room – and I, I say you better add some impact guys. I mean, you better add some guys who can come in, who can help you right away because you're not going to have the Matt Corral crutch in, in 2022 to bail you out. And the truth is Matt was terrific last week. Otherwise, that game in Tuscaloosa gets ugly. Um, yeah. For sure. I mean, you go back and watch it, and I've watched the game now three times. Matt Corral was terrific. Um, yeah. You know, if he's just an average pedestrian day, it's a nightmare. So I am worried about Saturday a little bit. Can you create? Can you create separation, uh, or, or are you constantly just having to scheme people open? There is no Elijah Moore right now. That's brutally obvious. Where it's just like no one can cover him, and he's wide open, and he bails you out. And Elijah last season, so many times, was Matt's security blanket. Um, you know, he was, hey, I'm in trouble. Where's my security blanket? Oh, there's Elijah. Boom. There's the ball. All right, we got another t- another couple of plays to figure this out. This year they're having a harder time doing that, as you see with a handful of three and outs and things where the game gets away from you quickly. And I'm a little worried about that with Arkansas if they can't protect Matt enough to scheme people open. 
But for the moment, let's talk wide receivers. What's out there? What's in their class? What are they trying to get? How big of a concern do you think that's becoming, or am I completely wrong? Yeah, the, the, a couple of the names you mentioned um, that just haven't really taken that next step. I, I think Jonathan Mingo was well on his way to taking a couple steps. Um, he was starting to really come into his own as yeah. an outside receiver who was physical. Fortunately, gets hurt. His status for the remainder of the season is unknown. I don't think anybody really has any idea how significant the timeout will be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Dennis Jackson, a former four-star, has never really done much. Um, did have a great catch last week against Alabama in garbage time. But, he did. yeah, I mean, there's been several guys that they thought that they would be able to count on that just aren't doing it. And I think it's more of, and you just mentioned it, it's more of missing Elijah Moore. And I think you're seeing now just how good he was because it was constantly whoever Ole Miss was playing – Pre-snap was always okay. Where's number eight? We got to we got to locate him. We got to go where he goes. That was really what made the Ole Miss offense go a year ago. And then also Kenny Aboa um, wasn't putting up eye-popping numbers outside of a couple games, but he was again just another nice security blanket, a nice check down. They used him a lot in the seam. That was uh, really a way to you know, create spacing in the secondary because you had to account for him over the middle. He allowed you, up. Zach, to when when Elijah did get people confused when they were going mm-hmm. with tempo and there was so much pre-snap focus on who has Elijah Moore, where is he, where is he moving, who, how are we doing it? And a lot of times you would see him clear the middle of the field and a, a linebacker or a safety would blow an assignment and it would open the seam up and there's Kenny Yaboa. They, they haven't had that this year. I think they will have that in the future with Hudson Wolf. I just think, Mm -hmm. I think his future is really is very bright. His ceiling's very high, but this year he's hurt to the point that I've heard some rumblings that he's probably out for the year, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but obviously getting him healthy has been a a priority this year that so far they've been unable to accomplish. Yeah. And they're missing that playmaker over the middle. Um, They've used Drummond at times in the H back, but, He's a receiver. He, he needs to be on the outside running routes, and they need him out there. But as far as this 2022 class, I, the two main names that I continue to hear, Barry and Brown out of Nashville and Antonio Williams out of Irmo, South Carolina. Brown, it appears, he, he hasn't – he's really been quiet since his senior season started. He hasn't done a ton of interviews. Um, it seems like it's Alabama, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. And Kentucky is kind of the surprising one there. He took a visit. He was there last week for their win over Florida. He's been there a couple times. Uh, that's kind of the the three teams that are in it for him right now. And then as far as Antonio Williams goes, I think Ole Miss is in a really good spot with, with Williams. Um, South Carolina is, is right there with Ole Miss. And then Clemson, like we've said on the show, is always going to be lingering. But I don't know how big of a factor they're going to be unless they offer. I don't think there's any kind of, you, you know, there, there's there's not going to be this, well, I'm from South Carolina, so I'm going to consider you. No, and, and, until they offer and show some real interest, I think it's an Ole Miss-South Carolina battle. And then the third name on the on the board, Sam Mbake from, from Georgia. He's uh, been to Oxford unofficially. I think they're still going to continue to recruit him. Uh, he's another big-bodied receiver that they need on the outside. And then uh, Brown is more of a slot guy that can kind of do it all. And then Williams, I think, will grow into uh, becoming that outside receiver that you need in the SEC to be physical and, and make plays down the field. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, unless they can find a way to scheme against certain secondaries in the SEC that have talent, um, outside of just going tempo really hard, and not giving teams the opportunity to substitute, it's going to be hard to create space without a legitimate tight end option over the middle and without a go-to guy like Elijah Moore. Because like you said, Drummond and Sanders are kind of having to play every single snap, and they're getting tired. Yeah, They're playing 25 snaps too many. Yeah. It's just it's as simple as that. You've got to be able to get them off the field. For a series every so often, right? I mean, every fourth mm-hmm. series, get them off the field where they can kind of catch their breath, get their legs back under them. 
they, they don't have that kind of time, and it just shows. It, you can, mm-hmm. you can see it late in games. I mean, at first when Lane Kiffin said that on Monday, I thought he was being critical of Braylon, and the more I went and listened to it and read it and looked at it and thought about what he was saying, I, I think he was, like Chase said, I think he was trying to tell Braylon, hey, you're okay. It's not you. It's i got to get these other guys. I've got to come along. And I asked Braylon about that on Tuesday. Maybe it was Wednesday. I can't remember. Tuesday. And 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 Braylon's answer was, was very diplomatic. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you know, those young guys are trying or whatever. But it was – we need those guys to, to come along and they haven't and, and it's becoming a problem. And um, I mean, here we are and going into what I think is a, a pivotal game where I, it's a game that I think Ole Miss will win and I think Ole Miss will cover. But I, I, do, I do have some concerns about, about this game from an Ole Miss perspective about how it could play out. And if you say, hey, draw up the recipe where Arkansas wins – I don't have to like brainstorm. I can do it pretty easily. And and part of it is receivers can't get open and Corral doesn't have anywhere to go with the ball and you see Matt having to run and run and run and run. And at some point you've got to be able to do the whole score from far and have the big play and go over the top. And, you know, Matt made one throw in Tuscaloosa that was freaking amazing. It hit Braylon in the hands in the end zone. Yeah. Braylon didn't catch it. But that throw was eluding pressure people in your face was literally kind of spinning away from pressure and dropped a dime 55 yards into his hands you my point is is you can't you can't make that part of your game plan hey so here's what we're going to do on third down matt's going to spin away from trouble and he's going to almost blindly drop a dime into the on a post route into the end zone Mm -hmm. if you're counting on that kind of play i mean you're also going and and here's how we're going to pay for the bills on in October, we're going to win the lottery. I mean, yeah. it, it just doesn't work like that. So I, I do have some concerns. <laughs> um, speaking of financial plans, uh, if you if you need a little financial planning help, go to Daniel Barfield, Man- Barfield Wealth Management. They've been serving individuals and businesses in the Oxford and North Mississippi area for more than 20 years. They uh, carry both CFP and CPA designations. They're affiliated with the Advisors Resource Council a registered investment advisory firm with offices in Oxford, New Orleans, Dallas, and the surrounding areas. Daniel and his staff offer comprehensive financial planning, including investment management, estate and tax planning, insurance planning, business retirement plans, and more. 662-236-6454 or go to his site, barfieldwealthmanagement.com to learn how he can help you. We're also brought to you by Billy's Small Batch Bacon. Uh, my friend William Stat. Ha- William Stitt has mastered, and I do mean mastered, the art of bacon. He uh, uses bacon selected from the finest hogs, hand-turned every two hours in small batches, and rubbed with nitrate-free pink curing salt and brown sugar molasses at um, his Old 27 Grill restaurant and grocery in Fairhope, Alabama. He has perfected the bacon curing process. You really need to try it for yourself. If you do, you may never eat supermarket bacon again. Go to billiesbacon.com. That's B-I-L-L-E-S bacon.com and try it today. We're also brought to you by Alpha Specialties located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They're your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha because they're the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got load trail, Hallmark cargo trailers. They can work with third parties to have game day trailers and uh, concession trailers built just for you. Spare tires and wheels, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories. Um, they can uh, do all types of truck accessories. They also can re- repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. Also brought to you by Jennings Executive Search. Uh, Jennings Executive Search specializes in the uh, recruitment of accounting, finance, strategy, corporate development, and data science professionals from the staff to C-level in all industries. Whether you're a small business owner who needs a finance uh, leader, you work in a private equity, or you run a team at a Fortune 500 company, John and his recruitment team of former public accountants will simplify the process by presenting you with a short list of only the most qualified candidates. It's uh, John Jennings on LinkedIn. That's J-O-N Jennings. Or email John, J-O-N, at JenningsExec.com or call 404-536-3000. Also brought to you by Muddy Water Camo. Go to MuddyWaterOutdoors.com 
Enter the promo code Rebel Grove. You get 35% off on everything there, including a lot of their new camo stuff, the uh, Lady Water Camo. They also have these uh, Tri-Zone heated jackets and vests, which are absolutely fantastic. I've got them. You'll love them as well as we start getting into these cooler uh, days, the cold weather on its way. It's October now. You know what that means. November's around the corner. Then December, the way it works, gets cold. You want to make sure you're prepared. MuddyWaterOutdoors.com, promo code REBELGROVE for 35% off. And brought to you by Joey Erickson, Hair and Gear, Chevrolet. I'll tell you more about Joey in a minute. I need to pull up some of his uh, the, the new reader that he sent me. So we'll leave it there, and I'll get back to offensive line here because this is this is an area of real concern, Zach. Um, Caleb Warren's out for this game. First reported by David Johnson of 247 Sports. Kudos to David. See, it's not that hard. Um He's out, and they've only played five linemen just about the whole year. They've played like six linemen. Now one of those linemen is out. They are brought in Orlando Amana from Utah to be the center. He's played basically every snap since he's been healthy. Um, they play the same two tackles, Nick Broker, Jeremy James. Moving forward, they have to address this. They've got to bring in some linemen who can play. I think they've got to get into the, the, the uh, transfer portal for linemen, and I think they've got to sign some linemen who aren't three- and four-year projects. How are they doing in that mm-hmm. regard? You know, I think if you ask the staff what they thought of their current class right now, I think they would feel pretty strongly about it. And I think that Jake Thornton and the staff have addressed the need there where they're trying to get longer and they're trying to get more athletic. Um, they've got some beef in Bryson Hurst, who, who is humongous, but he's still pretty light on his feet and is athletic. Um, as you see on the, on the board, Matthew McCoy out of Florida, Jacoby and Nonar out of Florida, and then Percy Lewis, the Juco product out of Gulf coast, who like Hurst is a huge individual. They're trying to do a nice blend of athletic guys that are long and can move. Um, to deal with the just the ever-evolving college football defense that is just getting quicker and uh, and faster off of the edge. So they're wanting to take guys that have good feet and you know have a nice reach and get out there, keep those guys outside of the pocket. And I think that that's what they're trying to do. I mean, Matthew McCoy, 6'6", Nonar, 6'7", Percy Lewis, 6'7". Um, what they already have in this 2022 class on the offensive line, I think they're really happy. Bryson Hurst was wanted by a ton of Power 5 programs. Preston Cushman was wanted by Dan Mullen in Florida. They were able to beat him out. I think they have some guys that, that can either come in and contribute right away or might just need you, you know your standard redshirt year, get into the system, Get into a strength and conditioning program, learn the learn the offense, and then hit the ground running as a redshirt freshman. Um, but hey, it's it's becoming the norm now. And I was just looking at a lot of pro football focus um, grades from different positions. You're seeing more and more true freshmen play right away. Um, you've got to be able to find prospects who you not only can sign, but that you can plug and play, and they can be a factor immediately. Um, they need more depth on the offensive line. Like you said, they're only playing five or six that they really truly trust in meaningful games, meaningful snaps. But at this point, you're, 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 we're in October. There's going to be some, some bumps and some bruises from, from conference games. You've got to find players on your roster that can spell a couple guys well, for a couple drives. Well, frankly, Zach, frankly, Zach, a year ago, this was one of the reasons that they were able to survive the season and play as well as they played late in the years. They didn't have injuries up front. And and now you yeah. do. Now you have one. And it's just one, but it's one. And if you mm-hmm. have, you know, we've always said if you lose a tackle, I don't know who plays. But it it's it's alarming a little bit, right? That Yeah. Know, here we are, one injury and it's a scramble. You know how do you how do you do this? I know they brought the the kid from South Carolina, who's Rhodes is probably going to play uh, a lot tomorrow. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's got to be able to do something. He's a he's older. He's got experience. He's played in the SEC. Um, you know, he wasn't some All American or All SEC guy, but he's 
played significant snaps in the conference. He's got to be able to give you something, or why'd you even bring him in? Sure, um, more than fair. So here's my question, though. The guys that they're bringing, because I think this was the big reason that, that Clement was fired. I don't think it had anything to do with offensive line development, with the way that they looked in the spring. I think it had to do with uh, difference of opinion in recruiting. I think it had to do mm-hmm. with um, you know how fast you were developing young players or not developing young players. I don't think it was schematic. In fact, I know it wasn't because I think if it were pure schematics, he'd still be there because he and, and uh, Jeff Levy worked so well together schematically. But here we are, and it's as you said, it's October, and the new season starts in 10 months. Are the solutions on campus, or do they have to go get active in the transfer market here with everyone else who's going to be looking for effective offensive line? Right. Offensive line is is probably, and you can answer this one, I think it's probably the most difficult position to evaluate and to recruit because – you really don't see a ton of highly rated guards and centers. The highly rated guys are always going to be the tackles. They're the money winners. They're the guys that are booking franchise players in the NFL. It's guard is such a hard position to recruit because it's, you've got to go evaluate and you've got to see people in person and you've got to make the decision. Is this person worth pursuing and giving a scholarship to not only for, do we think they can play, but do we think that we can develop them into someone that is a legitimate starter in the SEC and can get to the next level. It's extremely hard. And then on top of that, with recruiting offensive tackle and the guards, you've got everybody else that's recruiting them. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Florida, Southern Cal, Texas, all of these schools are going to get who they want more times than not. I mean, the the Laramie Tunsil type recruitment is not going to happen every single cycle. So it's not only being able to evaluate properly, but to be able to translate that into developing into your system. I think they've done a nice job with a couple guys that were underrated. I mean, I think Ben Brown is a legitimate NFL prospect. I, I'm not saying he'll be drafted in the first three rounds, but he'll play in the NFL. I think I so think, too. Um, Jeremy James. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, Jeremy James. I think Caleb Warren is getting to that point where he can – make a case to play on Sunday. Um, but it's it's hard to get guys like that every single year when you're Ole Miss and you're battling against everybody else in the SEC that gets whoever they want. So you've got to be very methodical and you really have to trust your evaluation to fix the issue up front because like we saw last weekend, if you can't block anybody, you can't do anything. I mean, that's that was the issue in that game. I, you yeah. can. It's the concern moving forward. It really, it's the concern Saturday. It's can you can you create enough push against Arkansas to establish enough running game to allow Matt Corral to do his thing? Because everyone says, and I'm with them. Man, Matt Corral's pointed at this game. He has circled this game. He wants some vindication in this game. I get it. I get all of that, and I agree completely. And Matt is playing great football right now. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have time. It doesn't really matter. All of those things they yeah. sort of go out the window if you if you can't if you don't have time. And man, if Arkansas figures out, hey, these guys can't block us, we can we can start guessing press. We can bring pressure. We can bring blitz. We can bring numbers. We can do different things. We can get these guys behind the chains. So much of Alabama's success was creating third and nine, third and eleven. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are nightmares for for offenses in this league. And Arkansas's defense yeah. isn't as good as Alabama's, but it's good. And their pass defense is very good. And so you've got to be able to run the ball to get them honest. And going into Saturday, and I, again, I'm picking Ole Miss. I'm picking Ole Miss to cover. But, I mean, I, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you I was, like, super confident that they were going to be able to line up and maul Arkansas at the line of scrimmage. And if they if they get mauled, all of that goes by the wayside. If you can't run, yeah. if you can't run the ball Saturday against against Arkansas because you simply can't create running lanes, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, they've got to be able to establish some kind of run game, and if if they do, I think that that just creates space for Corral to operate and to really get settled into the game. And I think they have to do that early to 
really get off to a good start because I do, I said it in Neil's picks, it's back-to-back long road trips for Arkansas. They got whipped last week too. So sure. there's sub, subconsciously in the back of their mind, if Ole Miss gets out to a hot start, you know, ugh, here we go again. Yep. We're, we're, we can't stop anyone. But yeah, I mean, the run game is going to be what sets the table for this offense to create space. And if you're wanting to explore other space, um, you can go over to Lamar Yard on South Lamar in Oxford, 10,000 square feet of space, um, three-quarters of an acre of outdoor space, full stage, indoor-outdoor projectors, three bars. Um, Lane Kiffin has begged people to come to the game. If you can't get a ticket or you just don't want to go, go over to Lamar Yard. They'll have the game on the big screen, have their open-fire barbecue and all the fixings. Um, and then, hey, if you are going to the game or you're going to the Grove, reach out to Lamar Yard about their catering and private event rental options. Um, they can take care of you. So check all that out at LamarYard.com. After the game, if you want to go get another bite to eat, head on over to Solal at South Lamar. Chef Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. So you can be happy hour three to six. Fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more. It's the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com, or call them at 662-238-3500 to place your order. If you're not in Oxford and you want to go get a bite to eat or uh, possibly do something uh, online uh, for dinner, you can uh, look up Kelly English Restaurant Group. The renowned chef in Memphis is offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about nationwide shipping at irisetc.com. And uh, if you want to book a virtual cooking class, go to table22.com slash iris. And when you do it, use promo code softverbal21. That's all caps, softverbal21. And you'll get half off your first month of Cooking with Kelly. Sunday. Uh, Neil was talking about the the seasons changing. We're getting into October. In my opinion, this is the best time to play some golf. It's not too hot. You can, you know, put on some nice slacks, maybe a vest. Get out there and uh, knock the the little white ball around. Go over to Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi, and uh, test out their wide plush toys of fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. Cody Allen and the crew are anxious to get you out there on the links to. Uh, play their 18 holes so they've got two putting greens driving range chipping green if you want to go there just to hone your game in you can do that or you can uh, tee it up book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or call them at 662-893-4444 all right so going into the season we talked about edge rushers being able to create havoc off the edge at times sam williams has, has been able to do that um, I think Cedric Johnson's had a pretty pretty good start to his season. Put up some uh, put up some strong numbers. I don't see anyone else emerging there. Like there was some talk about uh, Demon Clowney going into the season. I haven't seen that happen yet. I'm looking for just like you can you can tell they really miss Brandon Mack right now. Yeah, they do. Now he was he was unproven, but I think they were expecting a big season. Depth is just such an issue there. So I'm looking at their defensive stats. I'm looking for the first defensive lineman. Sam Williams has 17 tackles, five sacks. He's really having a strong year. Yeah. But he's I, one, two, if three, I'm being, four, five, being six. being a little harsh. He's eight on the he, team in tackles. He disappears at times, but he's having a really good year. He's eighth on the team in tackles, and then after that, after the eighth, so they start off, the leaders are Chance Campbell at linebacker, then four defensive backs, Reese, Smith, Johnson, Finley, um, two linebackers, Sistrunk and Robinson, then Williams, then Lakia Henry, then DB, 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 linebacker, it's Isaiah Iton before you get to another defensive lineman. Iton has ten tackles. Uh, one for loss, and a quarterback hurry. And then it's linebacker, and then some linemen finally. Tariqus Tisdale, Quentin Bivens. But I'm looking for anything that resembles an edge guy. Maybe Tavius Robinson, who I wrote about earlier this week. He's got seven mm-hmm. tackles so far. 
Cedric Johnson has six tackles, two sacks. Clowney so far has uh, four tackles and a sack. People have been waiting for Taiwan Malone. He has the uh, three tackles and a sack. And then there's just not much after that. So obviously, defensive line depth, defensive line impact is an issue. It's that way for everybody. It's what wins football games. If you watch Georgia this season, I mean, people are, <laughs> people are talking about the Arkansas-Georgia game, and it's, listen, Georgia's going to do that to a lot of people because they are so impactful up front that it allows their linebackers, and their linebackers are phenomenal, it allows, mm-hmm. it allows their linebackers to roam free. It's, it's a nightmare for opposing offenses, especially offenses that are a little one-dimensional like Arkansas. Where's Ole Miss in terms of putting together the kind of defensive line that can be disruptive and impactful in a football game and not just an area where you try to survive? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at this recruiting class right now, um, and it's, it's hard at times for folks to kind of put it into perspective because they're not there yet. Um, but look, I mean, this is an SEC – this recruiting class right now up front defensively has an SEC look to it. Xavier Harris, 6'6", 338. Um, Jacarius Clayton, 6'6", 275. Um, those are two mammoth human beings that I think have the look and can compete for playing time immediately. Because one, Ole Miss needs it. And two, because I think that they're worthy of, of, of garnering that playing time. Um but look, I mean, I think that they have a legitimate shot at a couple of these names on the board. Um, Dante Anderson's the one that, you know, I haven't heard a ton about, um, but he's kind of one of those tweeners at weak side defensive end linebacker. But we all know about the connections that this staff has in Florida. They're recruiting him. Daniel Lyons is another one. It's an interior guy. He's committed to Florida State. We all know that the struggles that the Seminoles have had. So who can say what's going to happen to that recruiting class? Um, and then you talk about Florida State, we got to talk about Trevian Williams. Um, the in-state guy, Ole Miss, was heavy, heavy recruiting him early on. He shocked everybody by committing to Florida State early. I still think he's going to take a visit to Ole Miss. They're going to do their best to flip him. And then the same with Jaheim Otis. He's committed to Alabama, committed early on. It, look, there's people around him that would probably prefer that he stays in state to play his football in college. Um Alabama, obviously, who can blame anyone for going there to play? But at some point, really- but at some point, you got to get guys like that. That's a recruiting battle. Yeah. That if you're Ole Miss, if you're really serious, and I'm not trying to put the pressure on somebody and on one individual because I think that's hypocritical and I don't like doing it. But if you're going to be the impactful program that Ole Miss wants to be and that Lane Kiffin talks about being, those are recruiting battles that you have to win somehow. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. If 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 four star five star kids from your state that you've known about for years go to Alabama, it's not the end of the world. I'm not saying you should shut the program down or that you should fire everybody, but on the flip side, yeah. on the flip side, there's no reason to spin it and go, "Well, that's not a loss." It's a it's a it's a major loss. Yeah, you've got to I mean, figure look, out a way to get those kinds of players to your program. I, for all the flack that he caught, and for good reason. They couldn't win football games, but Will Muschamp, when there was a defensive guy that was a legitimate blue chip from South Carolina, he signed them. I mean, there were two five stars that he beat out Clemson for. They couldn't win on the football field, but he figured it out on the, on the recruiting trail. Ole Miss has got to do that. Ole Miss is in a much better spot than Will Muschamp ever had South Carolina in. For sure. And they have got, they've got to figure out ways to win these types of battles. I mean, you've got inroads with Kentrell Bullocks on the roster. He played in high school with Jaheim Otis. Use that. You, you got to use the, hey, look, yeah, you can go to Alabama and you can be a statistic and be the next big thing there in you know one or two years when some spot opens up on the defensive line. You got to pitch to where it's like, hey, you come here, immediately you're in the 2D. You're competing to be a starter, and you're going to be potentially part of a class that can help turn this thing around that's it's we talk about it all the time but that's what you got to do yeah I mean Taiwan Malone was brought in I think they knew there was a chance this year he wouldn't be all that impactful because he was coming off the knee injury uh getting him healthy and and impactful for next year is an absolute critical need 
But yeah, you've got to replace them because some of these names that I just mentioned, Williams and Tisdale and Bivens, and those guys are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, I don't know the I don't know the health of the knee. If he's anywhere close to one hundred percent, it might just be time to see what see what Mister Malone's got. Because right now, nobody else is doing anything. So if you you know. The old adage, you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. I mean, they got to shake some things up. I, I still think they're going to stay in the three two six because they're so limited personnel-wise. I do too. And I, it's, and it's my other worry about Saturday's game from an Ole Miss perspective is, boy, you better be, the, you better be really sound tackling if you're going to do that. That's the thing because, as I pointed out in my analytics post this week, if you look at it from a sheer numbers standpoint <clears throat> on Saturday, I, I, I mean, I wrote a whole column about it. The offensive line was the issue. The defense did their job. Yeah, they gave up 42 points, but what they were trying to do worked. They just didn't make tackles. They were there in position to make the play at the line of scrimmage or right there after the line of scrimmage. It, so the three-two-six, it doesn't look great when you have three down linemen and Alabama's running right down your throat. But the linebackers and the secondary that were up close to the line of scrimmage were there. You just got to finish the play. And that's going to be a story for this defense the rest of the year. It is. Um, another area of, I think, critical need for Ole Miss is corner. I, I, look, out, yeah. I look out at corner right now, and mm, I don't want to pick on people, but it's a problem. Like it, it's, I won't say any names, but I think they're playing the wrong people at corner. So you think they have people they could put in and play? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I'll say names. Who cares? Yeah, sure. I think not? DeAndre Prince and Miles Battle should be playing more. Well, it certainly would be worth the experiment at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Do something else. You know, um, I mean, I, yeah. I'll be honest the the matchup against Arkansas with with um, with Traylon Burks. God. He's the he's the guy. You got to stop him. If they're going to throw the football, it's going to number sixteen. It's going to him a lot, and then you know you got to make sure you cover some of their other guys. I mean, they they have thrown it to Tyson Moore some, and they've thrown it to Warren Thompson some, and they've thrown it to Warren a little bit. Looking at their stat sheet, but for the most part, it's Burks. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest. There's a a couple of guys on that Ole Miss team that if I'm Arkansas and I see I've got a one-on-one Burks with that guy, and I, I don't want to say names, but I'm going there. Yeah. I mean, it's part of my game plan. If I'm if I'm sitting down with Jefferson, I'm like, look, if we see man there, check. Yeah. Let's go That's for like, it. It's probably the main reason why his, his yards per attempt average is over 10 yards. Because I, I would probably venture to say four out of the five times he's throwing the football, he's throwing some kind of fade to number sixteen. Well, and you know, and against everyone except um, Georgia, it worked. And again, yeah. so, so you know, if, if you're in the Arkansas meeting room, you're like, hey, look, don't get thrown off by what happened last week because they don't have, nor does anyone else have. This isn't a knock on Ole Miss. I mean, neither does anybody else. Nobody else has the personnel to do to us what what uh, Georgia did. So let's get back to remembering yeah. what we were doing against Texas, what we were doing against Texas A&M. I mean, that's what, if I'm, if I'm um, Kendall Bryles, that's what I'm telling KJ Jefferson this week is forget it, man, flush that. Cause these guys, these guys are good, but they can't do to you what Georgia did. So let's get back to attacking. And if you yeah. see this matchup, let's go get it. Yeah. And, I, I and, think... so, and so to our theme, if I'm Ole Miss, I've got to, I've got to go sign some guys, and I know this is a priority for them because they're really recruiting DBs, and I think they've recruited DBs well. I do have mm-hmm. to get – I've got to go find me that elite corner who can cut a field in half. Yeah, and they've really honed in on getting taller at that position because um, I do think they signed some really good defensive backs in the 2021 class, but they're a little smaller – Kind of a you know guy that's going to play all over the place, close to the line of scrimmage. Tysheen Johnson is having a hell of a freshman season. And I think he's going to be a really good one the next couple of years. But you look at guys they've already got in the class: Marquez Dorch at six feet, uh, Nick Cole at six feet, um, Drill Stinson five ten. He's going to be the guy that plays around the line of scrimmage more. 
Um, and if you look at who is on the board here, and one with an asterisk next to it, unfortunately, Kamari Rogers towards ACL. He's out for the rest of his senior season. Mm. You got to evaluate how he bounces back from that surgery, how he recovers. He's an elite athlete. He's six one. He's committed to Miami right now. I, I don't think he's going to sign with Miami. Um, I think Ole Miss is never. They never cease recruiting him. He, they, they never stopped. Um, Terrell Buckley is going to be trying to flip him until signing day. Um, but that's a guy at six one that is a great athlete and can really be a shutdown guy. But the the new name um, on the board here, Davison, and and I'm probably going to butcher it. I think it's. Igbinoson, Igbinoson from New Jersey, recently decommitted from Rutgers this week. 6'3", 185. If you're building a cornerback in a factory, that is how you that is how you make them. Long, extremely athletic, physical. <clears throat> plays a lot of running back in high school just because he's the best athlete on the field. So you know he can run. That's a guy that you have to sign in this class. And look, don't look at stars. Don't look at the rivals rating. Don't don't worry about that. That's the type of guy when like like you just said, Neil, cutting the field in half to where it's like, well, shit, we can't throw over there. He's over there. That's the guy you need. A guy that's that tall, that physical, and can run. I mean, I mean, that's what they kind of were hoping when they moved Miles Battle over there. He's got the size, he can run. I mean, and I think they need to play him more, but Igbenison is the guy that they have to sign in this class if they're wanting to get better and get longer at corner. Yeah, it's the people ask sometimes like in mailbag questions, if you could ask Kiffin anything and get an honest answer, the question would not be, hey, about this. Or it would be, why are these following players not playing? Is it because they're bad in practice? Because you just what, – what is it about them? Because I, I, I would have thought some of these guys would be playing more than mm-hmm. playing. I mean, Miles Battle at this point, he has six tackles. He's played in four games. He hadn't started any. He's got a couple of pass breakups. Covered a fumble. Um, you know, I, I would have thought we would have seen mm-hmm. a little bit more I agree. of a, of a hand like DeAndre Prince. He's got four games, one start. He's got six tackles, one interception, but really not much. Hasn't been all that impactful. There's a lot of Dean Leonard. He's played a lot. Um, you know, Jalen Jones has played a lot, four starts. He has 11, 11 tackles, a couple pass breakups. I would have thought we'd see some – I thought we'd see more of MJ Daniels by this point in the season. Hadn't seen much of him at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just – I'm interested to see. I, 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 it's one thing to go, hey, I think they're going to get heavy in the in the transfer portal, and I think they are. But I don't think you can go bring 14, 15 transfers in. I mean, I think you're, you're going to have to have an impactful class at some point. And, we're there. Yeah. Um, all right. So I know we're starting to wrap up. Um, who are the guys that you're expecting to, to come in this weekend? So the big one, obviously, Devin Brown, the uh, four-star quarterback out of Utah. Um, we talked about him at the top of the show. I pretty much fully anticipate some kind of flip decommitment at some point um, from Southern Cal. I, I don't know if it's going to happen while he's on the visit or if it'll be return home, talk to the parents. Okay. This is what we want to do. Then they do it type thing. Um, I talked with Adam Gorney. Um, he has a piece up on rivals. It's, it's in the chicks. It's on our website. Uh, his factor fiction piece. Um, he agrees with me that, um, Devin Brown is on flip watch. I, I think that they're going to get that done. Um, we talk about fixing the defense and getting playmakers. If you need one, Jaron Willis is in town, the 6'2", 215 pound outside linebacker from Lee County high school in Georgia. He will be on his official visit this weekend. Currently committed to Georgia tech. Another one of those guys that committed really early and people thought it was kind of peculiar. Chris Partridge has not stopped recruiting him. He's from the same high school as Otis Reese. So Partridge has a long relationship with the staff there at Lee County. They recruit that high school well. I think that uh, this is a big one if they're going to have a flip there. He's on his official visit. He'll get to take in the game atmosphere. Um, And then, look, a couple of uh, surprise unofficial visitors. 
um, popped up last night and I reached out to, to Gorney who's out in California and he was kind of taken aback by it. Uh, 2023 quarterback prospect, Nico, I'm a Leva, uh, 6'6", 205 pounder, um, from Downey, California. And then the 2024 prospect that was offered this week, Elijah Brown from the, uh, powerhouse at modern day in California. They will both be in Oxford this weekend for an unofficial visit. So, Look, it, it everything that happened last week in Alabama, the offense was completely stopped in their tracks. But I think the cachet of Lane Kiffin and what Matt Corral has been able to do up until this point is, as you can see, attracting really talented quarterbacks. Yeah, behind the scenes, he's telling people, "Hey, look, we need players, and we need players like you. And we get guys like you in here, we're going to win." That's what you know. That's what he's saying. He. As I think we know, probably got a little too aggressive in the uh, in the pregame on on Saturday and opened himself up to some criticism. And he's handled it well. He's taken some ridicule. It's most of it's been yeah. pretty tongue in cheek, and it's going to be okay. Everybody's going to everybody's going to get through it. Yeah, I think what matters Saturday is a little bit of atmosphere and and um, just the way you look like it. from a program standpoint, kind of how you bounce back from one of those for both of these teams. You know, I mean. Both of these teams got popped, got humbled. There's no way around it. Um, they both went into national, high-profile national games, and and uh, in the first half of those games, they got blown out. I mean, it was twenty-eight to nothing in in uh, in, in Tuscaloosa, and was it thirty-one to nothing at the half in Athens or something like that? I don't, I, whatever it was, I mean, both of those games Damn. were over in the first half. You can, yeah. if you're reading a whole lot into the second halves of those games, God bless you. You're you're you're, you're spinning. Um, but anyway, you know, it's a big opportunity for, for Ole Miss to kind of get back and, and, and bring kids in and show people that the weather's going to cooperate and all that. So um, anything else before we go? I know you got a, a couple of bills probably need to pay, right? Yeah. Um, if you're wanting to uh, up your security at your home or business, look no further than Protection Unlimited, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area, North Mississippi area for 40 plus years, and they'd love to get your business and or family protected today. Surveillance options, uh, video surveillance options, I should say, monitoring 24-7, 365, cutting edge security and more. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 to get more information today. Podcast also brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Steele and his team are making it their goal to meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Find out more at bluffcityadvisory.com. It's fall and we're approaching the holiday season. Um, maybe you think it's the best time to sell or buy a house. So if you're uh, thinking that, look no further than Stacy and Rick Barry, part of the Barry Home Team of Keller Williams. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status and would love to assist you today. Call them at 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you do that, head on over to Saddle Creek Title and talk to Neil Hanna and his team. They are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find out more at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them at 901-753-1600. Soft Verbal also brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're needing good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis. He is your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around and give Davis McCord a call, 901-755-6110. All right, Zach, appreciate the time. We'll be back uh, next week with another edition of the uh, Soft Verbal Podcast presented by the College Corner. Don't forget, collegecornerstore.com, place to go. Get your uh, Rebel gear and um, touch base with us again next week. We'll see how things went with Devin Brown. We'll see how things went with uh, other official visitor, visitors, Willis and others. We'll try to get you some little basketball recruiting update as well as uh, that signing period gets closer and closer as November rolls around. So for Zach, I'm Neil. 
Thanks for making us a part of your week. We'll be back with you next week. Until then, take care. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.